Welcome to We Built This Life. I'm your host, Jennifer Walker, and this is the podcast that tells stories about how entrepreneurs and small business owners have built their working lives from the ground up. This is episode 33 featuring Aaron Scott. Aaron has two podcasts that are focused on dogs and is in the beginning stages of starting a business under her brand name, Aaron the Dog Mom. Thank you so much for listening today. Hello and welcome to episode 33. Erin Scott is going to be on the show today. She is the host of the Believe in Dog podcast and the co-host of the Alternative Dog Moms podcast. And I'm going to let you listen to Erin explain how she is transitioning the skills she has gained from podcasting into a small business. But first I wanted to mention how we know each other. I had so much fun talking to Erin. We chatted for maybe an hour after we stopped recording this episode and that's because we were best friends in middle school. We went to different high schools and and lost touch, but have reconnected through podcasting. She started her show in 2019. That's when I started this show. And I just can't express how nice it was to talk to an old friend and to find that we have this shared interest in common as adults. So that's a bit of background about our connection. So when I'm interviewing guests for this show, Aaron or anybody else, I always ask at the beginning of the interview if they can give me an elevator pitch about their company or just briefly describe what they do. And I never use that audio in the final episode, but I ask the question because their answer helps me find the correct wording to describe their work when I'm writing the introduction. But today, I want you to hear this answer from Aaron herself. So here's Aaron describing what she does. Well, I am, I think, what they call a multi-passionate entrepreneur. <laughs> For a long time, I just had a day job, and that was that. But uh, a couple years ago, I started podcasting about dogs, which has become my passion in life over the last 20 years or so. And so I now have two podcasts centered around dogs, and I'm looking at exploring another business opportunity to help people start their podcasts and pitch themselves to podcasts. So Erin is in this space where she has built up her podcasts. You'll hear more about that, of course. And she's looking to turn the skills that she has gained through podcasting into a two-part business. So she'll be focusing on finding clients as a podcast producer mentor. I didn't get the exact wording on that, but as she said, helping people to start their own shows. And when she says she's helping people pitch themselves to podcasts, of course, that is so they can be guests on shows that are a good fit for them, which is something I've been thinking a lot about lately as a method of marketing and growth. So on this episode, Erin is going to talk about her day job and a really scary health diagnosis that she received and how these two things intersect and led her to starting her first podcast, which is called Believe in Dog. We're going to get into some of her feelings about podcasting, what she wishes she knew when she started, the challenges she has faced, whether she ever hit that point in podcasting where you kind of feel like you're ready to give up, which I think is quite a common feeling, and then the projects she has taken on that have come out of podcasting. And then she's going to talk about Erin the Dog Mom, which is her overarching brand, as I mentioned in the intro, and how she is trying to leverage what she has learned as a podcaster and the connection she has made into this small business. Before we dive in, I wanna mention two things very, very quickly. I am looking for guests for this show for the summer. So entrepreneurs and small business owners who want to share their story. I have a strong Baltimore focus. So if you have a small business and are in Baltimore or greater Maryland even, and you'd like to be on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch. If you're outside of that geographic area, I'd love to hear from you too. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm at We Built This Life, and I'd love to talk to you and hear more about what you do. 
I also want to mention at the top here that if you enjoy this episode, I would be so grateful if you would share it with friends or family on Instagram or Facebook. My Facebook page is also We Built This Life. I share static posts and audio and video clips for every episode. And if any of them speak to you, please hit the share button and know that you are my absolute favorite person for doing that. And I will be sending so much gratitude your way. Okay, let's get into this episode with podcaster and small business owner, Aaron Scott. Erin Scott never expected to be a podcaster. She had a day job that she liked, and after becoming a reluctant dog owner at the age of 25, at the urging of her then-fiancé, now-husband, Tim, she had become a passionate dog mom and a committed volunteer in this space, so her plate was pretty full. Then she had to face a scary diagnosis and subsequent treatment before the age of 40. And when she came to the other side of that, she started thinking about what she would do next. Erin wanted to hear heartfelt stories about the powerful relationships between dogs and humans, so she decided to start a podcast to tell them. At one point, I thought I maybe wanted to go to law school. And so when I came out of college with a sociology degree, I started working in law offices. And I kind of quickly realized that I didn't think law school was for me. I don't think it's my skill set. But I really liked what I was doing, like in my role as a support person. And a paralegal is kind of a weird job because it can look very different. You know, there's some people who they call a paralegal and it's a lot of answering phones and making travel reservations and, you know, things like that. And I did some of that, you know, fresh out out of college. But I've been fortunate to kind of find a great niche for myself where you're almost kind of like a junior lawyer. Obviously, you can't sign your name to documents or argue in court, but you can kind of really do like a good first draft of everything that the lawyer needs and kind of make their life a lot easier. So that's kind of the other end of the spectrum that I have found myself in. And for a long time, I was very content with what I do. I have my volunteer work here in Baltimore. I helped found kind of this organization called Be More Dog. And the first couple of years, we weren't quite sure how we were going to be able to help the animal welfare community. And so in 2011, we launched our Be More Dog wellness clinics. And so we provide free pop-up veterinary clinics, basically, in under-resourced communities around Baltimore. And so we'll literally just come to a park set up shop. You know, there's a veterinarian. We have free leashes, collars. We partner with the Maryland SPCA. They provide free dog food, you know, nail trims, uh, grooming, you know, dematting dogs. And and all of this is free. And it it helps people. We have seen studies that up to 25% of the dogs being turned into shelters are because there's a medical issue that the owner either doesn't know how or can't afford to treat. And so we're able to provide a lot of resources to people to help them keep their dogs in their homes, out of shelters, and provide resources for the community. So I love doing this kind of work. So for a long time, I was really content being a paralegal, having my volunteer work, helping dogs. And five years ago, uh, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was a huge shock. I always joke, we're a heart attack family, not a cancer family. So you know, no one in my family had ever experienced this. There's no history. There's no genetic, none of the BRCA gene, none of that kind of stuff. And we actually lost my mother-in-law to breast cancer 20 years ago. And so it was a really scary 
thing, even though they're telling us, oh, we caught it relatively early. Like we had kind of heard that before. And and so it was a really scary time. And it was a huge wake up call to me in my life. I was in active treatment for about a year. And, you know, I, I work in this small firm and my boss who like it's his name on the door. He was really great, really supportive. I could work modified schedules and remotely. And because we're a small office, I'm I'm the support staff at, at that time. You know, there wasn't anybody else in the office. And sometimes I couldn't be there. And sometimes I didn't feel great. You know, I was going through chemotherapy treatment. And what used to be my 100% on point, you know, I wasn't physically able to show up in the way that I had once been able to because going through all this. And while my boss, my main boss was extremely supportive. I had other colleagues who weren't. And it kind of became really uncomfortable for me to realize that not everybody <laughs> is is supportive and that, you know, it came across like that this was a huge inconvenience for people. And it, I guess it really sort of struck me that in the position that I'm in, right, as a paralegal, your job is to assist lawyers. And I'm never going to be the one to call the shots. And, you know, when the day comes that my boss retires, I'm going to have to work somewhere else. And, and there's no guarantee that people are going to be supportive of you and in anything that you're going through in life and, and having that work-life balance. And I don't necessarily think I always had a great work-life balance in the past. And, and that was some of it was my inclination to take things on, not necessarily that anybody else was telling me to. So it was kind of a wake-up call about what do I want the rest of my life to look like? So I finished, I became a breast cancer survivor the same week that I turned 40 years old. And I was kind of filled with this like new decade, new chapter, new half of your life. And what is that going to look like? And what are you going to do? And, you know, there's a lot of times over the years, going back to childhood, you know, where I would have an idea for something and I would like get all excited about it. And maybe not everybody else got it. And I guess I, I feel like there's a lot of times in my life where maybe I would have pursued other things or done other things if somebody else had said, oh, that's a great idea. And I didn't. And, and I kind of had this like, meeting with myself where I'm like, okay, this stops now. And so when I have an idea for something, I'm going to do it. And I don't care what that looks like. And I don't care who says what I need to do it because you're either living with the pain of putting yourself out there or you're living with the pain of like snuffing out that flame inside of you of what you're not doing. And I was like, I've, I've done, I've lived with enough of that pain. <laughs> And so, you know, I was talking to my husband, right? Like, oh, I listened to these podcasts and there were a lot of dog training podcasts and there were a lot of like veterinarians who had podcasts. And there was just only so much of that that I could take in. And I just really love hearing people's stories. And like, I really wish somebody would, would talk to people about like, well, who was, who was their first dog? Who's the dog that made them fall in love with dogs? How did they even get started on this journey of, becoming a trainer, becoming a veterinarian. Like I care more about that and hearing that part of people's story than I like, there's only so much dog training I can hear about, <laughs> <laughs> which if you met my dogs, you would be like, yeah, clearly you're not doing a lot of dog training. So my husband's like, well, I, I think maybe you need to be the one to do this. And, you know, and I just have to say that Tim is always like my biggest cheerleader and supporter of all my crazy ideas. And so I was like, 
I'm going to do it. And so the summer after I turned 40, I spent learning everything I could about how to make a pie. I had never done any kind of editing. I never had done marketed myself beyond the what we do for the nonprofit organization, but certainly never me as a person. And what does that even look like? And And so that was kind of how this all got started. Wow. I love the idea of you can either sit with the with like the uncomfortability of starting something new or the pain of not starting. I think that's that's rings really true. Probably will for a lot of people. Like if you're going to feel the pain no matter what, you might as well do the thing that you're scared to do. Do you remember your first episode and the feelings that you were feeling? Yeah, the first episode was really personal for me and I share my story and what dogs have meant in my life and how they help me like heal from difficult times and how there's times when maybe I wouldn't have even gotten out of bed if it wasn't for the dogs. And yeah, that one I can't really listen to. And also just because from like an audio standpoint now, because I have learned so much, like to me, like just listening to the audio of it bothers me. But I don't think anybody else would ever pick up on that, just me. And yeah, my first couple episodes, they're a little all over the place. And I was trying to find my groove, find what I was doing. So yeah, I don't go back and listen to them at all. But I can see that people are listening to them. And at least they seem to keep listening. So that's a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first episode is a great place to start, right? If you're new to a podcast, you want to hear the story of, of the host and like why they started it. So that completely makes sense to me. Maybe share, if anything comes to mind, maybe two conversations you've had with guests that have really stuck out to you just to give us a flavor for your show and what you're talking about? Sure. So one of the stories that I love is my friend Diana, who had this kind of very fancy pants corporate job for a long time. And she left her job and started her own dog training business. And she specializes in being a trick dog trainer. And so her dogs have actually been in like Chewy.com TV commercials and Mercedes-Benz TV commercials. And she travels around and does these photo shoots and commercial shoots with her dogs. And I just think that that's a really cool story. And that's just someone who I know personally. And I, I feel like I've met all these people that have these cool stories. But one of the ones that really stands out to me most recently, well, I guess it was about a year ago. You know, there's a lot of political and social activism issues around animals also. And so I was introduced to this amazing woman, Ellie Hansen, who is a passionate advocate about ending laboratory testing on dogs, like particularly beagle dogs are used for this. And there's been a big story in the news over the last several months about a facility in Virginia where they released 4,000 dogs that had been used for testing in the you know pharmaceutical and cosmetic industries. And so she wrote a book kind of about the history of all of this and why this is not needed because of new technologies, but that these technologies have to be approved by like the FDA and Congress and things. So that's like one of my my favorite episodes from like how much we covered and dove into and why it's important and how we as everyday people can help animals because she has some like kind of quick and easy things you can do right from your phone to help end this. And so that's one that stands out to me too. I try to be kind of heart-centered and really dive into what happened, you know, to my guest? Like, what was it a dog? Was it a situation that kind of 
brought their passion in, in life to play. And, and I think her story is really powerful. I, I love the idea of being heart-centered and trying to figure out where the, the love of the dog and the connection to the dog really comes from with each of your guests. Is there anything that has surprised you about being a podcaster that you wish you knew when you started? I wish I was a little, had been a little less perfectionist in my early days. I used to spend hours upon hours upon hours editing. And I think one of the things that surprises me when I listen to some of the bigger podcasts that everybody knows is you hear people say, um, and that's okay. And nobody's, you know, you hear pauses and that's okay. And people keep listening. And then the other thing is just honestly, just the confidence in myself. You know, my husband always says like, this is a real thing that you're doing. And that it's grown and that people have been supportive and receptive and that they get what I'm I'm trying to do and that that it is different from a lot of the other pet centered podcasts that are out there and and sometimes I have trouble explaining exactly what it is and one of my guests said oh you have like the Oprah of pet podcasts and I was just like oh my god that's a great compliment <laughs> you know I I wish everybody uh you know thought that or or that that's kind of what I'm trying to do and so you just trusting myself that that I'm on the right path that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and that other people get it and are supportive and receptive and and cheering me on and that's like that's almost the hardest part to to accept sometimes yeah have you you know I know I as a podcaster have experienced a point in which I wanted to give up and I could tell a whole story about that I think a lot of podcasters kind of hit that point. Can you talk a little bit about some of the challenges you've experienced, whether it's difficult feelings or, or something else? And if you've ever hit that moment where you weren't sure if you should continue, what made you keep going? So I, I have struggled some. I launched at the end of 2019. And throughout the end of 2019 and into 2020, my consistency was all over the place. And it got into 2021 and a couple of strange things all sort of happened. And if you look at like the release dates, you'll see, I think I went for three or four months without releasing any episodes. And that was really a time when, yeah, I kind of hit the wall and I, I didn't know if I was going to go on or not. And one of the things that contributes to it, right, is just you put in so much time and, you know, like there's only one Joe Rogan, right? <laughs> like you're n and, and not that I want to be or expect to be or but just sometimes it was depressing when, you know, you're pouring so much of yourself into this and, and you're not getting any feedback. And it doesn't even have to be like the number of downloads, but just, you know, somebody leaving a review, like those five star ratings and reviews are like the biggest compliment you can give a podcaster. Like they really mean something to us or comments on social media or feedback or messages. And sometimes it really felt like I was just podcasting into the void, you know? <laughs> um, and so that was definitely a part of it. But I, I, had, I feel like it sounds really silly, but I had messed up my neck. And <laughs> I think I had a, an extra one glass too many of wine and I had fallen asleep on the sofa at like this strange angle. And for months, I was in like just a lot of physical discomfort and it wore on me. It just like made me miserable every day. And 
and like I go to the chiropractor and I go to a uh, massage and I do all these, he was doing all these things. And for several months, it was just really miserable. And, and I felt like it, it drained kind of the life out of me a little bit from a physical standpoint. And then and I didn't have that extra, you know, I, I work a full-time job and I volunteer, you know, this is a lot to, to juggle. And I didn't have anything extra in the tank. I also had a couple interviews that maybe didn't go the way that I had wanted. And and honestly, some one of them in particular was my fault because I didn't set something up correctly on my end of the recording. And it was like I was going to basically have to re-record my whole half of the interview. And I was like trying to spend time doing that. And it just didn't sound right to me. And I, I got really hung up on this. I mean, for months, I was investing all this time in it. And finally, my husband's like, what if you just skip that one? I mean, tell her there was a problem with the recording. And you know, you're just not going to air that one. And, and maybe you can reschedule down the road and just find somebody that you're excited about to talk to. And and so that was kind of some of what was going on behind the scenes during that that break. And and that that's probably the closest I got to just, you know, I'm just going to throw in the towel. And so I ended up I ended up recording an interview with some local people here in Baltimore who have a rescue and it just got me really excited and they were excited to do it. And then that kind of made me fall in love with the process again. And I let go of some of the perfectionism around the editing. And I feel like I, I'm much more efficient now. And then when I started the second podcast, I really had to, you know, in order to juggle both of them, I've really had to get a little more comfortable with like just letting it rip. And it's worked out well so far. So let's talk about Aaron the Dog Mom, which is like your big overarching brand where things are going to fall under, right? And you're trying to make this, you know, you started with one podcast and you're trying to make this into a business. And I'd love to hear about some of the endeavors you're doing. You mentioned a little bit in the beginning and what your goals are going forward. So I sort of stumbled, you know, in the beginning, I, di I didn't really have any goal, uh, which is probably the opposite of every podcasting advice out there. I just had this thing in my heart and I needed to see it to fruition. And I started this at the end of 2019. And then, of course, in 2020, we all know what happened. So I went through a, a health crisis with one of my dogs. And it was during that kind of lockdown quarantine time. And I was looking for a way to kind of keep track of everything I was doing. You know, we were trying Epsom salt foot soaks and green tea foot soaks and different herbs and acupuncture and all these different things. And I was trying to figure out like, are any of these things helping her? And I, I don't know. And and I, I realized like there's not a journal, a dog health journal that's out there to keep track of all these things. And I was surprised. And so I just sort of went in Canva and was trying to create something on my own. And my veterinarian's like, oh my God, I wish everybody did this because this is during the time of curbside vet. And so I'm like giving her all this paperwork. And she's like, oh my gosh, you need to make this so that anybody can purchase it or buy it from you. Like, so that was the first time that I really thought, oh, oh, I could have a whole business around this. And, and so I actually, I worked with a graphic designer and spent a lot of time, you know, putting content and all these things together. And that was like my first product. And then I have all these other ideas for other products that are all in various stages. And 
the dog health journals available as a digital download. And I've gotten such great feedback from veterinarians and health experts and, you know, other people who, you know, personalities in this dog space. And so I feel so great, like I'm on the right track with this. And I really want it to be like a physical journal. I always joke like, right, like I'm a woman of a certain age. I didn't grow up with like digital things. I want like a physical notebook to have. So that's then the next step in that process. And then getting these other products moving also that are all kind of journal with like training or or just all these different ideas that I have that I want to bring to fruition. It's like I get these itches in my brain and I have to make them happen. (laughs) So. Then I ended up starting the second podcast, which is specifically so that we can nerd out about dog health topics. And so it's called The Alternative Dog Moms. And my co-host is a really well-known dog blogger. And so we get to have amazing conversations. Sometimes it's just about us and what we're doing with our dogs. And sometimes we get to bring in these experts and talk to people about acupuncture or chiropractic for your dog or mushrooms and CBD and all these different things that are out there. And so I really kind of geek out on that one. And my big overall plan is getting into events. I'm going to be coordinating an event here in Baltimore with a veterinarian and more like online, those virtual events. So those are some of the plans that I have in the works as Erin Dog Mom. Yeah. And what about Aaron Scott Podcasts, your new kind of business venture? Can you tell us more about that? So once you learn how to start a podcast, it's a skill. And so over the years, I have found myself helping people with other pet podcasts and other Facebook groups for, you know, entrepreneurs and things. And I think, you know, there's a lot of information out there and a lot of courses and some of them are even good. (laughs) But I think sometimes people just get to a point where they need somebody to like walk them through it or how does this do that? And, you know, because a lot of us who want to do this don't have that background in audio engineering and, and things like that. So, you know, I've been doing that kind of informally for a long time. And, and one of the things that I've done to spread the word about what I have going on about the Dog Health Journal, the podcast, is pitching myself as a guest to other podcasts. And, you know, again, I've met some really great people, you know, great friends through doing that. So I feel like I have a a skill for learning how to find the podcasts that are great for your audience, for learning how to pitch yourself and build a relationship with that host and helping people get the word out there. So that's been something that, again, I have been approached by other people to help them with. And I started going, oh, I think there's a business here. And so, yeah, so I I bought the domain, Aaron Scott Podcasts, and I have a logo and I'm working on on setting up some like beta testing offers to see uh, how people want to work. You know, some people already have a pitch and maybe just need it tweaked and some people have no idea where to start. And so uh, I'm trying to figure out what what all these different plans would look like. But yeah, it's been something I've been really successful with doing informally. And I started to realize, I think there's something here. Yeah, I love that. I was telling you over email, it reminds me a lot of Sarah Whitaker from Podcasting for Educators, who has a very specific niche, former educators or current teachers, administrators, and who want to start podcasts. And she kind of does the same thing as working with them to get their podcasts off the ground. 
And I always think of you as having a very specific audience. And you've probably made a lot of connections through all of your podcasting work, right, I would think. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a great network of people. And there isn't anyone in the pet industry specifically who helps with podcasting. So I feel like I have this great network there. But also just, you know, generally, it doesn't have to be somebody in the pet industry. Like, I'm happy to help. And then, you know, through word of mouth, people have come to me. So it's been something kind of informally for a while now that I'm like, oh, there's something here and and I think I can help. You know, I think it's just at the end of the day, like, I just want to (laughs) help. It's just been interesting (laughs) to see how it's all evolved. That's a good point. A podcast is a podcast. So I'm sure that you could help help anybody, no matter what the subject is, pull it together because there's so much that's involved in it. What about successes? I think you talked about this a little bit, but how do you define success as far as starting, you know, you're kind of in the beginning stages of starting these new ventures. What would success look like to you? And what are you most proud of so far as far as your accomplishments as a podcaster? Well, one of the things I'm most proud of is that the Believe in Dog podcast is now in the top 5% of podcasts globally. Wow. And that feels exciting. And then the Alternative Dog Moms, that one's much newer, but we're pretty much like a top 100 pet podcast. And honestly, successes for me are sometimes just little things like that I did a great interview or that somebody who listen to my episode, reaches out and is like, oh, this was great. This was good. And it just feels like I'm helping somebody in some way. And with the Dog Health Journal, you know, I've gotten so much great feedback on that. And that one has kind of spread through word of mouth. Like I guested on a podcast where the women are vet techs and they loved it so much and they're telling their bosses about it and they're, you know, spreading the word to their clients. And, you know, like that feels really exciting. And While that hasn't been like income replacing, you know, I just wanted to help people and help dogs and and help people be able to communicate better with their vet. And and that seems like that goal is is being accomplished. Any kind of like word of mouth when, you know, I've helped somebody with something and then their friend contacts me or they heard about me in a Facebook group or something. That's all just been really validating that I'm I'm on the right path and building a, a future that I can be more you know, in in control of. So do you see, like, if you're thinking of the next, I don't know, five, 10 years, do you see Erin the dog mom as being, and everything that falls under it, as being a more significant side hustle? Or is it something you think you might like to shift into full time? I guess I see doing the Erin Scott podcasts as being more of a full time. And maybe Erin the dog mom is always going to be the passion project side hustle, at least until I get more comfortable with video, because that's you know something I noticed the people who are really active, you know, the content creators that really grow are, you know, they're all over TikTok, they're all over Instagram reels. And as comfortable as I've gotten with audio so far, video's been a little bit more of a challenge for me. Not just the idea of recording myself, but also from like the editing standpoint. I don't know why it seems so like such a foreign language to me <laughs> now that I have so much audio experience. Video still just seems like a whole other world. So until I get that piece figured out, I I feel like I have to understand that Erin the Dog Mom is the passion project side hustle. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on video. This is my third interview that I have recorded with the video turned on. I fought it for a really, really long time. (laughs) 
that's kind of what podcasting is, right? You're just kind of trying these things out and you see what sticks and you learn as you go. What advice would you have for other, I guess I'll say other podcasters, because you're building this business where you'll be helping other podcasters. People are starting out. They kind of want to start a podcast. They're not sure. What would you tell them that you've learned through your four years of doing this? So one of the things I say is to be really passionate about it. And if you're starting it as part of your business to understand, you either have to invest the time or the money <laughs> to either learn how to do it all yourself, which is a lot of, can be a lot of time. If you just want to do quick episodes where it's just you talking, maybe that's a, an easier way to do it than trying to invest the time of finding guests, scheduling guests, preparing, like that it's a lot of work. And so I feel like, you know, for months before I started my podcast, I was hearing these conversations in my head of what I wanted to have. And I feel like if you are at that place, then definitely go forward and do your podcast and be strategic and realistic about what that's going to look like. If you know that you're somebody who's going to be upset if your download numbers are low, <laughs> you know, he's developing that thick skin and, and preparing yourself for the realistic outcomes. And I, I don't say that to discourage. I always feel like it's important to be honest and realistic that it's taken a lot of time, you know, to, to grow this and a, a little bit of money too, you know, it, with, without knowing at first whether that would be a payoff or not, it, you know, it has felt like a, a gamble a little bit. And that pitching yourself to other existing podcasts is also a great way with a less time commitment <laughs> to get the word out there about what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's just being passionate about what your message is, is really important to decide whether you're going to invest this time and or money to move forward with it. And if you have something in your heart that you want to do, like don't let it take a cancer diagnosis for you to get the courage to put it out into the world. You know, we all only have a limited time here and try it, see what happens. And don't look at things as failures, but just as like ways to pivot and try something else. And that's been a really big help for me and it's something I wish it didn't take me 40 years to learn. <laughs> So thank you so much to Aaron Scott for being a guest on today's episode. As a fellow podcaster, I gained a lot of insight from talking with her. But I think what is sticking out to me the most is how Aaron went into podcasting for her own personal reasons, her own passion, her own interests. That's how most of us start podcasts. She wasn't expecting to launch a small business from that. But she kind of organically built this network just through being a podcast host. And she was approached by people to help them start podcasts, to help them secure guest spots. And she paid attention to that, to where there is demand for her work within her network. And her idea for a small business grew from there. It's kind of amazing where some of these side projects that we start can turn into something we never expected, something more if we are open to that and sort of paying attention to signs that might be leading us in that direction. So thank you so much to Aaron Scott for being on the show. Check out the show notes for links to all of the things that Aaron does and everywhere you can find her. Thank you so much for listening today and I will see you soon.